How many can sense the Holy Spirit doing beautiful things in the earth, amen, and in our, our church and in this city? And there's just so many, I believe, miracles of God that are being released over the nation. And I'm so excited for the church of Jesus Christ in this hour. I've always said when the world gets darker, the church gets brighter. And isn't that how we're supposed to be? The church is supposed to be shining a bright light, and this church definitely is. I haven't been in the pulpit for a minute, so it's so good to be back with you all and be here on Sunday morning. And I put together a little series that I want to share with you, and it's called The Advocate. How many know that Jesus is our advocate? He's always fighting on our behalf. He's always talking to the Father about the desires of your heart and your life. And we're going to go over four questions that Jesus asked in the New Testament. Now, there's hundreds of questions that Jesus asked, but we're going to go over four over the next four weeks that I believe is going to challenge us. How many are ready to be challenged? What I want to do in the spirit is ignite your faith because faith, when that's activated, begins to move miracles in your life. When faith is activated, you begin to see change happen in your life. So we're going to really get in some things in our heart and say, Lord, is there something that's unaligned in my life than my belief system that I need to clear out so that the miracle can come through? Amen. How many of us in here need a miracle? We need a miracle. Maybe you need financial miracle. Maybe you need a marriage miracle or relationship or, or there's some breakthrough that you're believing God or maybe you're even praying for someone else in your world and they really need the breakthrough and the miracle. And I believe God is positioning us for those miracles to come to place in our life. Amen. But the one question that we're going to talk about today that Jesus asked, number one, is this question was, do you believe I can do this? So I think we need to really get into our heart. We may have to put away, push away some religious talking and thinking that we're used to, and we need to really get to the raw of our heart and say, do I really believe that God can do what I need him to do? Because when things are sometimes on a time frame, how many know we can get disappointed? We can get frustrated. We can grow weary when we've really been believing God for some breakthrough in our life or something that you desperately need God to do, and it hasn't happened yet. And I want to give you three things today that's going to help us get that faith back where it needs to be because God wants to bless your life. Amen? More than you need him to bless you, he wants to bless your life because you're his kids. Amen? So we're going to say this this morning. If there's any two problem too big for you, it's not too big for God. It's small for God. And it may be magnified in your world right now. And it may seem like it's a bully in your world. And it may seem overwhelming. But I'm going to tell you today and, and get you your hope and joy back is that God is on your side. And God is fighting for you. And he's making a way in the unseen way that you can't see yet. Remember, because we're spiritual beings, so on the earth side of things. By the way, Wednesday night was awesome. Midweek is going to be on fire, and I'm telling you, we had praise and worship, the presence of God. We had two songs, and God's presence fell, and Pastor Lonnie is bringing a really good word, and we talked a lot about this, but there's this natural realm that we live in, and it's where we need the miracle, right? It's the natural realm that says there's sickness. It's the natural realm that relationships are struggling, or we're going through torment or depression, but there's like this veil of the Spirit, and from what you're facing, and you can push through the veil, which is faith, you're going to get on the other side and begin to see God's perspective. And what's on the other side? You're healed already. 
Your marriage is restored already. The breakthrough is there. Whatever your heart's desires and whatever stronghold has been coming against your life is cross the veil of faith. Because in the spiritual realm, it's already done. Say it's done. We walk by faith by what's already done, not by what we see. And we got to be get back into the supernatural realm and be spiritual beings that God's called us to be. And when you begin to see what God sees, you begin to walk by faith. I know it looks like this. It's messy and crazy. But boy, over here, it's all figured out. The bills are paid. Relationships are good. My, my gifts are being activated. My dreams and desires are coming to pass. Somewhere on the other side of this veil are husbands for women. Single people are quiet this morning. It's okay. There's some wives on the other side of this veil. There are women of God, men of God. Your children are serving God. They're calling you blessed. There are miracles that God already has done, but he wants to release them to you and manifest them in the natural. Amen. We serve a miracle-working God. How many are so happy for that? All right. Let's look at this this morning in Matthew 9, verse 27. I love this. He, Jesus, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men, say blind men, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. The first part of that scripture I want you to look at is these blind men called out to Jesus. And before this story took place, there was already miracles Jesus was doing. He healed a little girl, raised her from the dead. The woman with the issue of blood was instantly healed when she touched the hem of his garment. So what was happening? There was rumors of miracles coming from Jesus. There was rumors that went across the region, and there was something of faith being stirred up in the people that heard about Jesus, and they said, we've got to get where Jesus is at. And that's where these blind men show up in the story. They're like, if we could get to Jesus, has everybody just had such a hope? I know Jesus can do this miracle in my life. And these blind men, what were they doing? They were calling out. They couldn't see with the natural eye, but the one thing they could do was cry out. And that word calling out means in the, in the Greek, it's kredzos, and it means to croak. Has anybody ever not croak like pass and die croak? Not croak, but everybody ever been around a place where there's a lot of frogs? We did kids camp back in the day in our church, and there was frogs everywhere, I mean, in our cabins. And all you heard all it was just croaking. It was like croaking. It was a, a loud noise that was trying to get the attention. And that's what these men were doing. They were shouting out with a loud noise, trying to get the attention of Jesus. Have you ever been there? And you're like, I'm crying out to you, Jesus. There's something intently on the inside of me. There's an intensity that says, I've got to get to Jesus. And if Jesus did this miracle for someone else, he probably will do the miracle for me too. And faith was stirred and it was activated. But what you'll find out in this story is that Jesus just walked away from them. Here's these blind men crying out. And what were they saying? Have mercy on us, son of David. Now, when you study son of David, it is actually a royal term. It was the royal position of a king. So what they were saying about Jesus is they saw him as the Messiah. They weren't afraid of that. But when they cried out to him, the Bible says in verse 28, when Jesus had gone indoors... That means here they are crying with a croaking and a sound just to get his attention, and Jesus just walks on by. 
And I think some of us are in that place. We're like, Jesus, where are you? Like, I can kind of see you. I see you doing miracles for other people. And I know that you answer my request, but why did you just walk by me? When I know you could have stopped, I've heard of the miracles you did. You could have stopped and healed me. I've been blind my whole life, these two men. But Jesus kept on walking. And we see that he doesn't, in the scripture, he doesn't even reply to them. And the Bible continues to say the blind men came to him and he asked them this question, which was my first point. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And I looked at this because they had just cried out with a loud voice, their sound, you are the Messiah, son of David. They saw him as the Messiah. But Jesus said, it doesn't matter what title you call me by. It matters, where's your faith? Do you know me or do you know me by what I do? Do you know but what I do for others or is your faith really activated for this miracle? Because I want to do it for you too, but maybe you only know me by some big names in the Bible. Maybe you only know me by somebody else's testimony. We can talk the word all we want, but if it's not activated in faith, it will not move the hand of God. Amen? So I think he's like, yeah, you got my title down, but do you believe me? And that word believe means, do you really trust me that I am the one that can move the mountain? Do you really trust, adhere to what my word says? Amen? He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And what did they say? Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. What do we need to be doing in the time where we need a miracle? We've got to get the word of God. We have got to find not logos, but when you need a miracle, when you need a breakthrough, you've got to find out your rhema word from God. What is the word that God has just for you? And when you get that scripture verse and and God illuminates it, if it's by his stripes you're healed, whatever, when you're reading, God will, it'll become such a truth to you that nobody can take that rhema word away from you. By his stripes, I'm healed because I'm on the spiritual side of things. I'm seeing the way God sees. I'm experiencing faith and hope and joy. And I know over here it looks a little gloomy, but I'm not going there anymore. I'm going to stay with my rhema word of God. Jesus, you are able to heal and restore anything that's broken in my life. Isn't that powerful? I love this. He said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. He didn't say according to your financial level. He didn't say according to how many times you've read the Bible. He didn't put rules and regulations on these things. He didn't say it's your good works. He didn't say how many times you serve at church, which we should be doing all of those things. But the miracle comes through faith. The miracle came according to their faith. The Bible says you only need a mustard seed of faith. We have a lot of emotions, but I only need a little bit of faith. And I'll share to you what that faith is in a minute to give you some excitement. But what does the Hebrews 11:6 6 says? Faith without works. Without faith, is it impossible to please God? There's a few of them, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Our works are beautiful for the kingdom. They should be winning other people to Jesus. We should be building the faith in the kingdom of God. But it's your faith that moves God. If we have faith, listen to this, we can actually move the heart of God. Do you know that when you're so connected to God and your belief in the word of God, you can change God's mind? So you look at your circumstance, you go, well, this is impossible, Pastor Barb. You don't understand. It's been years. It's been years that I've been believing for my family member to get saved or set free. It seems like it's a dead end. And God says, even with the dead end, because I'm God, I can even change my own mind. And I'm going to prove that to you in the word of God. Let's look at 2 Kings 20, verses 1 through 6. This was a man named Hezekiah, and he was sick, and he was growing weary. And how many know when, you, when the prophet says, I'm coming to give you a word, don't you expect like a really good word from God? You're like, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be delivered. There's great prosperity coming to me. I've been faithful to God. And here shows a prophet of the Lord to Hezekiah's situation. Let's look at this. 2 Kings 1. 20 verse 1, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Can you imagine getting that word from a prophet? You come in the line, and Pastor Barb says, get your house in order, it's over, Rover. You're going to Jesus. Don't worry about it. It's the gold streets. It's awesome. Angels are there, you know. It's, it shows such a lack of compassion. But what I love about Hezekiah, because he was a man of faith, and he knew his God. And even though the situation on this side says despair, even from the voice of God, I love Hezekiah because he steps into faith in verse 2, and then he turned his face toward the wall. Do you know when negative things come to you, when despair comes to you, you have to turn your face away from it. I'm not looking at it. I'm not talking about it. I'm not giving life to it. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith anyway. Amen. I'm going to keep that activated. He said, I'm not going to listen to bad reports. I'm not going to listen to it because my God is able. Amen. He said, and he prayed to the Lord saying, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He reminded the Lord of his faithfulness and his goodness and how he wanted more life. And verse 4, it says, and it happened, listen, before the prophet even got to the courtyard, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord your God of David, the father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Listen, when you activate faith, God's like, okay, I hear you. I hear where you're at. And I'm going to bless you with an abundance that you weren't even expecting. Amen. God wants you to step into faith because when you do, it will even move the heart and the hand of God. 
And there's so many times when we're believing God and we've prayed and we've fasted and, and we need this miracle. What happens is the enemy makes us feel something's wrong with us. Like, I didn't pray enough. I didn't pray good enough. I didn't receive enough communion. I didn't go to the altar enough or, or whatever it is. And we get beat up by the enemy that we think we did something wrong. When, in fact, we have to understand that when we pray, we know it shakes atmospheres. But prayer moves you and me. Faith moves God. That's why the Bible says you're not heard for your much speaking. Because it's not a lot of words in prayer that changes God. It's faith. So what have we prayed in faith believing? That's when the mountain will be moved. Or are we just saying a lot of complaints and murmuring and I wish and we're overwhelmed, amen? That's not faith. My dad used to say, crying doesn't move God because, you know, he's so unemotional. And I'm like, yes, it does. It does move God. But in the reality... No, releasing of emotions is God, but what moves God? Faith is getting back up, dusting your shoes off, stepping back into that realm of faith and say, I will not be moved until this miracle happens in my life. Amen? And you got to get some bulldog faith and say, I want to fight the good fight of faith, not my emotions, but putting my trust back in God. Amen? Pray in faith, believing. Hallelujah. What is the biggest hindrance of faith? We all know. We could list a few, but worry, doubt, and fear. But something that really stuck out to me when I was thinking about these blind men and putting myself in their shoes is the familiar is the enemy of faith. So if you're so used to being stuck in the place you're stuck in, well, this is the way it's always been, and my mama struggled with it, so I guess I'll kind of have to settle here. Maybe I'll just get comfortable here. Or I prayed all the prayers that I can. I'm too familiar with the situation, so I'm, I'm going to quit believing God. And these men, all they knew is that they were blind. That's all they knew. But inside of them, they wanted something different. So we have to be careful that we're not just getting comfortable. Well, I'll just settle in for this. God did this much in my life, and it's great, but I really can't. God's never going to give me this. And that's where faith begins to cease and you don't begin to walk in the best that God has for your life. Amen? So maybe you struggle financially. You think, I'm never going to get ahead. Faith will get you ahead. The blessings of God will chase you down when you know the word of God and you know faith and you begin to intently see what God, God's word says about the situation. God will change it. But we've got to get uncomfortable. Amen? Quit being familiar with the things that we're comfortable with. What kind of faith honors God? I'm going to give you three of them this morning. Really quick. Number one, faith that believes when it doesn't see. That moves God. I'm believing something across this veil that I can't see. And faith says, I'm going to believe for that to manifest in my life. Matthew 9, 28. When Jesus, no, excuse me, Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the confidence of the things that we hope for. And it is the evidence of the things we cannot see. And I feel like God wants you to put some spiritual excitement under your feet because God wants to show you some supernatural things that you have not seen yet. The desires of your heart are going to come to pass in the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew 9.28, we'll read it again about the blind man. When Jesus had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And what did they say? Yes, Lord, they replied. So they're going to believe that Jesus can do it before the manifestation 
ever takes place. What do you need today? What are you facing in your life and these challenges in your life? You need to remember that Jesus is your advocate. And he's standing at the right hand or seated next to the right hand of God the Father. And he's making intercessions. He's advocating. He's your attorney. He has the word working in him and through him to manifest in your life. So what we have to ask is, do you believe that God hears your prayers and he's going to answer you? Do you believe that all things are possible through Christ living in your life? Do you believe that he is able? Say yes, amen. You may not see it with your natural eye, but you can see it with your spiritual eye. There's a lot of things in my journey of faith that I could not see here, but something inside of me, the faith, could see exactly what God could see. I may not know every step, but I could see what God saw in the supernatural realm. That is faith, amen? And I know it's so easy for our spiritual yes to come, and I go, yes, I, I have faith. Yes, I trust God. If God says it, I believe it. And I think that that's true. We do in some way believe that. But sometimes circumstances in our life can get us in a place where our actions and our words betray us. Because I may have been walking by faith for a while and thinking I'm walking by faith and still trusting God, but not paying attention to my actions and my words. And then you get disappointed and discouraged. Well, I've been trusting God all these years, and you probably have. But somewhere in that faith walk, your talk and your actions became contrary to what God saw. Because the only thing that can stop it is you, our faith, which is just the rhema word of God. It's not that difficult. But our actions and our words show the truth of what we really believe. When you're in a moment where you desperately need God to show up, and I've been there a few times, like, God, if I don't have you, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'll tell you, what I did do is I got in this sanctuary and I walked and prayed the prayer of faith. I declared the word of God. You take communion and you declare the covenant of the blood and the body communion that we have that Jesus gave us. And you begin, your actions begin to say, what I see is not what I feel in my spirit. And now I'm going to react the way the word of God wants me to react. And that's the crucifying of the flesh because your flesh doesn't want to come in here and pray your flesh doesn't want to settle down and begin to do the work of the spirit but the only way you can get back in faith is to begin to let your actions and your words line up to what the word of God says so if my words have become negative if they've been frustration if all I do is call somebody else with my words and not talk to the father somewhere faith is out of alignment our actions can indicate what you don't believe, and our words can indicate what you don't believe. I've seen so many people over the course of life of ministry that during the hardest time, instead of plugging in just to that source a little harder, we see them derailed in disappointment. Thought God gave up on them, thought God quit on them, and they never had their desires fulfilled at that moment. And in reality, we just need to get back into faith. To ask yourself in the last seven days, don't raise your hand, but how many prayers were prayed in faith believing? I mean, literal prayers prayed in faith believing. Just connecting to the word of God, no matter what my circumstance looks like, I'm connecting to what the word of God has to say. Amen? The size of your request reveals the strength of your faith. 
It may seem big on this side, and it may seem overwhelming and that it never could happen, but you're saying, God, my faith is so big, and I trust you that I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. I'm going to stay in faith for this miracle in my life. Amen. Number two, faith that persists with when nothing changes. <laughs> Many of us are there right now. Faith that persists when nothing changes. I'm going to keep believing. The blind man cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us, son of David. And what did Jesus do? He just kept on walking. But what did they do? They kept on calling. They didn't, leave, they didn't stay outside away from Jesus while he just walked right by me. He didn't answer my request. They kept hearing him, and they kept crying out, hearing him and kept crying out, and they followed him into the temple. They did not quit because they didn't see their miracle yet. I'm going to encourage you today, don't quit because you don't see the miracle yet. Keep you may not see clearly, but keep following the voice of Jesus. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice, and no other will they follow. I think I hear Jesus here. Yep, Jesus, I need a miracle. Jesus, I've been blind my whole life. And they kept being relentless to Jesus. You need to keep fighting the good fight of faith and go at that battle one more time. Well, I'm tired. I don't see it happening. Go at it one more time because it may be that 1,001, 99 time that the miracle of God shows up when you didn't quit. I don't know where Jesus is at, but I'm following him. I'm taking blind faith, amen, and I'm following. And they said either he's going to answer us or he's going to kick us away. Because we are not going to quit. Colossians 4.2 says, be persistent in prayer. Persistent, that means adhere to. It's like you're taking this word and nothing's going to take it from you. I got my word, my rhema, and I'm walking by faith, not by what I see. And if it never changes, I'm still going to believe God until my very last breath here on earth. I will not quit. I will not grow weary. I will keep my faith ignited. Because it's always the midnight hour and you're ready just to throw in the towel. I'm done. And we all get there, amen? We all get there. It says be persistent in faith and keep alert as you pray. Keep alert. Why? Giving thanks to God. I'm praying and I'm watching for the miracle. I'm praying. I'm watching. He said, watch. It's coming. And then you're going to give thanks to God. There's something powerful about giving thanks for something that hasn't happened yet. That's faith. And I remember when I was a young girl, I had asthma so bad. I was in the hospital once a year. I was in there for a week, and um, God always touched my body. And then into my teenage years, I was praying for a miracle. At every altar call, praying for a miracle. And anybody that could lay hands on me, I'm praying for this miracle. And one day I woke up, and I heard the Lord say, thank me for healing you. And I was like, oh, because I already did it. Thank me for it. And from what I see through the veil of faith. Thank you for healing me. Asthma's gone. And every day I'd get up in my bed. First thing I'd do, I made a commitment to the Lord. God, thank you for healing me of asthma. Every morning before I took another breath, thank you for healing me of asthma. Thank you for healing me of asthma. I don't know how long it went, but my inhaler was like having our phone. When I would leave the house, it would be my inhaler and my phone and my car keys. I could not go anywhere without my inhaler. It was always in the top of my brain. And all of a sudden, one day I woke up and I'm like, you know what? It has been months since I even thought of my inhaler, let alone using it at all. It was through the thanksgiving that God began to manifest the miracle in my body. Amen? And that's what God is looking for sometimes. Just thank him. Thank you for the great marriage. 
Thank you that my, my wife will love me and celebrate me and honor me. Thank you that my husband is the king and priest of our home, God. You begin to thank for your children. Thank you they'll rise up and call me blessed. blessed. Thank you that favor surrounds my children as with a shield. Amen. You begin to be thankful. That's faith, and that begins to move the heart of God. We know the Old Testament story of Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, with the persistent widow. And I want to read these to you. It says, Jesus was telling a parable. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regarded man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow is driving me crazy. That's the PB version. It's okay. She troubles me. And what he say? I will avenge her. Lest by her continually coming, she wears me out. And Jesus gave the answer to the parable. He said, then the Lord says, hear what the unjust judge said. He's unrighteous. He doesn't believe in me. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? What does that mean? They're still crying out, even though I'm delayed and I'm here with you, they still, how much more is a righteous God going to avenge you and your desires than an ungodly judge? Amen. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, and he will, he really find faith on the earth. Amen. Amen. Persistent faith, not giving up in the midnight hour. I heard a story of this, uh, it was a few years ago, but I heard a story of this girl. She went to church. It was a church in Chicago, my friend's church, and she uh, was there with her mother, and the mother was getting water baptized. Well, the daughter was just uncontrollably crying. I mean, just like so moved. And everybody thought, boy, that's so awesome that she's so moved by her mother's water baptism. So the pastor went to her and said, can I ask you, you know, that must have meant so much to you, and you're so touched today about your mom. And she said, well, I am touched about my mom. She said, but what you don't know is I've been praying for her for 22 years to come to Christ. And she said, the sad part is I wanted to quit more times than I could count. Because she's like, the first two years, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Maybe there's something wrong with me. And then five, six, seven years, God, you don't hear my prayers. 10, 11, 12, maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe she's too strong-willed. And she was almost going to give up. And then that morning that she's watching her mother give her life to Jesus and get water baptized, she said, I'm so glad I never gave up on God or my mom coming to Christ. It's persistent. Don't give up. If you get an instant miracle, praise the Lord. You should be running jogs around this sanctuary. We'll just cheer you on because that's a rarity, and it's beautiful. I believe we're coming to a time where we're going to see miracles like that. But sometimes it's just that faith that says, I don't care. I'm not going to quit praying. I'm not going to quit believing. I'm going to put all of it on the back burner. God, you're going to take care of it, and I'm going to stay in my lane of faith. Amen? And not quit. A faith that honors God is a faith that doesn't quit even when things are not changing. That's when you know when you're really walking in faith, when you've exhausted yourself. <laughs> and God says it's about time because I'm going to do it in and through you. It's never about you. It's just your faith and trusting me. Amen. 
All right, number three as we round the corner, faith that works when it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense, God. How is this going to change? Why should I keep believing you when it doesn't make sense? There's a difference between hope and faith. Hope is a desired inward. Faith is a demonstration that moves and acts. And God wants us to keep believing and walking by faith when it doesn't make sense. What are people going to think about you? What are they going to say? All these things that we're believing God for this miracle on this side. But what did God tell Abraham to do? Take your son, your only son, your promised son, and bring him up to the mountain, and you're going to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham did what God told him to do. It didn't make sense. Why would God ask that? But Abraham, he said to his servants, he said, you go ahead and sit right here because guess what? We're going to go worship and we'll be back. He already knew before he had to exercise faith and do it like God asked him to do, but he said, we're going to be back. That means I know my God and he would never require this of me. Some reason he's testing me, but I'm going to trust him and I'm going to walk by faith and I'm going to take my son, but I know God has a miracle. There's a ram in the bush somewhere. Abraham didn't waver in his faith, but he had to walk by faith still. God could have told him at the base of the mountain, all right, you showed up with the wagon and the sun and all the firewood, and that's good enough. No, sometimes God wants us to walk the mountain. You're going to walk by faith, and you're going to trust me at every way, every step, and it's painful, and you want to quit, and you want to give up, but trust me. And what does it say? James described Abraham's faith in verse 22 He said, you see that Abraham's faith and his actions were working together. So there may be people who criticize you because you're still believing for your marriage. Don't matter. Walk by faith. It doesn't make sense. You're believing for financial blessings, prosperity, debt-free. That doesn't make sense. Walk by faith because God has a plan for you. Whatever it is that's resistance, faith and action work together, amen? And his faith was made complete by what he did, amen? He trusted God. Sometimes we're so focused on the problem that it gets so big. It's magnified, amen? You lose sight of the solution of the hand of God when you focus too long on the problem. Isn't that the truth? You can't see the answer. But the blind men, they didn't focus on what they couldn't do. They focused on what they could do. They said, I can't see you, but I can hear you. I can yell, and I can walk and follow you, Jesus. I may not be able to do this, but I can do that. You've got to get your eyes focused on what you can't do and begin to focus on what you can do in the kingdom, amen, and and with the word of God. It said, I don't know what... You can't do. They focus on, I don't know what you can do, but I'm going to focus on what you can do. Amen? I think I said that right. I feel like I didn't. I feel like I need to repeat that. (laughs) We are saying to Jesus, I don't know what you can't do, right? But I'm going to focus on what you can do. Example, I can't pay the bills today, but I can still keep seeking Jesus. I can't change my spouse, but I can love them where they're at and believe for a miracle. I can't change change a bad diagnosis from a doctor, but I can change my diet, get a good doctor, and get a prayer group together, amen? There may be things and burdens that you're carrying, but God wants to be the great I am in the seat of your life. I'll close with this. 
I'd rather be blind with faith that God can heal than see and have no faith. Amen? I'd rather be blind, hallelujah. I, I want to see in faith, believing. I'll have crazy faith. People can say whatever they want about me, whatever they want about my life, or whatever they think I should be. It don't matter what anybody thinks about you. All that matters is are you in where God wants you to be? And are you in faith believing for that miracle? Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and close with prayer. Father, I thank you for this amazing church, God. And I thank you, Jesus that the gift of faith is going to arise on the inside of them, Father God. I ask God that you ignite and stir and motivate the things that they are believing you for. That God, where discouragement may have come in, we thank you for renewed faith and joy in the name of Jesus. I want you to go ahead. If you are believing God for something supernatural, you know it's only going to take a miracle for God to move. I want you to stand to your feet all over this room. Only God can do it. Okay, I want you to make your way to the altars. Oh, something's, Pastor Lonnie, something's coming for you. Hallelujah. Begin, just come by faith. Just make, make your room up here because I believe that in a response to your motion, God is releasing supernatural in your life so in the name of Jesus let's begin to pray begin to pray father we thank you in the name of Jesus oh we thank you and praise you father God hallelujah just come in faith come towards the middle here there's room in the middle hallelujah I believe God's gonna stir and activate some things begin to make your way all oh, there's room in the middle here I already feel faith all of all of you are coming this is like beautiful hallelujah how, how many are ready for the miracle of God to stir up in your life I see there's just gonna be a wave of the gift of faith across this room so begin to praise him begin to pray in the Holy Spirit if you pray in the Holy Spirit begin to thank him right now I see the enemy I see God breaking the cords of disappointment in the name of cords of disappointment are being shattered in the name of Jesus Christ Father God all over this room in Jesus name Father God there'll be no disappointments Father God no letdowns I break any letdown in the name of Jesus hallelujah places that they got weary places that they wanted to quit and give up God I ask that you stir the waters of faith in the name of Jesus, God. We decree supernatural miracles to begin to open up from the east and the west, God. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that they can't contain in the name of Jesus. There'll be no lack for this ministry, God. There'll be financial increase, supernatural donations, Father God. Hallelujah. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and their hands will not be tied because of the calling and the vision that's on the inside of them, Lord God. Supernatural increase to fulfill the mission of God. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just surrender to the Lord that thing that came to your heart that maybe is keeping you away from that miracle. Maybe it is unbelief. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe you can't see it. Whatever it is, just begin to tell the Lord it's yours. And I want you to speak the blood of Jesus over it right now. The blood of Jesus over it right now. Hallelujah, Father God. Supernatural, supernatural over their life. The gift of faith to be stirred and activated. Just tap into the Holy Spirit right now. 
feel his anointing. Feel his presence. the Lord just filling some of you with joy you just need fresh joy you need fresh joy God's gonna fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of praise I see the spirit of heaviness coming off of your soul and your heart in the name of Jesus and then you're gonna feel the refreshing rain I hear the Lord say refreshing rain in your life and in your businesses and and in your ministry departments and in your life there's a fresh rain from heaven even coming down right now a renewed joy a renewed hope father God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you father God thank you Jesus now tell the Lord what you want tell him what you want the desires of your heart what is it we call it in the name of Jesus so many words I feel in the spirit but God is just opening up your hearts right now I see divine connections with the Father hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus glory to your name father worthy just let him talk to you this morning just let him talk to you. Some of you are going to hear his voice and you haven't heard him for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let a refreshing wave of the Holy Spirit just sweep across this altar. Refreshing, renewing. I see as the Holy Spirit's coming across, he's breaking some bondages some chains that have been holding you down, some disappointments, God shattering those off of your ankles. The Lord says you're going to laugh again. You're going to run and be happy again. He's going to fill you with so much peace and joy that it's, you've not been there in such a long time. You're not even familiar with what that feels like. But the Lord says heaven is opening up over you today. Just receive that. Heaven is opening up over you today. And the darkness is being pushed back by the righteous right hand of the Father. And you're going to have a clarity and you're going to hear the voice of the spirit and a hunger for the things of god is going to be ignited once again god's going to stir a passion that only he could really stir on the inside of your soul today and god we thank you we thank you for miracles god Miracles in their finances, resources. Miracles in their relationships and their children, God. Miracles in their physical body, Father God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jesus.
It's the peace of God that's just settling across this room. I just hear the Lord say, look out for what I'm about to do. Hear the Lord say, I'm releasing suddenlies in my in the spirit. Suddenlies. Suddenlies are going to begin to happen in the spiritual realm for you. I see open doors that have been closed begin to open. Financial uh, ability is going to begin to open. Somewhere increase of finances are going to come and flow into your household once again, God. I hear the Lord say, take the cap off of what you think I can do. Remove it from your life, the Lord says. There's going to be a reservoir of just the kingdom of God coming up and in and through your life. Some of you have needed a new day for so long. You just need a new day. You're desperately crying out, God, I need something new. I need refreshing. I need renewing. And I hear the Lord say, I am going to visit you by my spirit. I'm going to visit you in your quiet times, and I'm going to refresh your weary soul. I'm going to rain down upon you with a renewed hope and a renewed joy, says the Lord. God says that put behind the old seasons, put them behind you. And the Lord says, embrace the new day that you are stepping into today. You are stepping into a new day, new beginning, new joy, new hope, and a fresh anointing that's going to cause you to run this race of faith once again. And God, I release that over them by the powerful name of your spirit. In Jesus, Jesus' precious name.